Coming to you from the Sunshine State, this is Create Brand Envy, a podcast dedicated to entrepreneurs and business owners discussing businesses, marketing, leadership, and best practices in this ever-changing business landscape. Every week, we'll introduce you to a different business leader that has taken their company to new heights despite the odds. Learn, engage, and thrive. This is Create Brand Envy. And now your host, President and CEO of Brand Envy, Nicole Alisea. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Create Brand Envy podcast. In today's episode, I am chatting with Pilar Ortiz. When I came to Tampa in the year 2000, and I'm kind of dating myself here, I had just graduated college and um, I'm sorry, I had just graduated high school and I was a student at USF. And even after graduating college, I remember turning on the TV, flipping the channel over to Univision, and there was Pilar Ortiz delivering the news every night with her co-anchor. Fast forward a few years later, Pilar Ortiz's life is very different. After an 11-year career at Univision, she was let go, and she decided to reinvent herself completely and start offering coaching services to entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals that needed to polish their public presentation skills so that they could become better communicators, not just verbally, but also uh, with body language. In our conversation, we're going to peek under the hood and you're going to get to learn a lot of the lessons, valuable lessons that she learned over the years that helped her become the professional that she is today. She has written and published two books. She hosts retreats with her clients and she does virtual and in-person coaching. In fact, I hired her when a client asked me to be on camera to represent his company. And I, while I'm perfectly fine behind a microphone, I don't have a lot of on-camera experience. And so I immediately thought of Pilar and I gave her a call and I said, can you give me your express coaching? And in just two days, we did one virtual session and we did another session in person where we went to the site that um, the segment was going to be filmed and she coached me on what to wear, um, how to express myself on camera, how to be prepared and make sure that I didn't forget all the points that I wanted to mention. Um, and so I found her services very valuable and I'm very proud and happy to um, consider her a friend and a, a business colleague. Um, and I'm just very excited to share this conversation that I had with her. One of the things that uh, sticks out about Pilar is that she has a book. It's currently being translated from Spanish to English. But she talks about in her book, it's called The Genius in a Bottle. And it's about how we are geniuses that are stuck inside of our own bottles. And you know how when you, if you imagine, <laughs> you know, when you're like stuck inside a bottle, because we all like that's that's totally normal. <laughs> when you're like stuck inside a bottle and you're looking out, everything looks distorted. I know that happens to me when I get stuck inside bottles. <laughs> um so she's saying that these bottles are like our fears, our insecurities. And that's really, if you think about it, that's what trips us up when we're on camera, when we're behind a microphone, when we're standing on a podium trying to speak to an audience. 
You know, they say people would rather go to a root canal um, or basically jump off a bridge than to stand in front of a group of people and speak. And it's because there's fears. So she she coaches uh, professionals and in the book, she covers her techniques to help you break out of that bottle and really bring yourself fully to the table. And, and I think that it's something that we all could benefit from improving our communication skills. I think that when it boils down to it, Uh, effectively being able to communicate and being able to speak with confidence is, I think, one of the major barriers that exists between people's where they are currently and where they would like to be. I think that if if they're able to jump that, they, you know, I think the sky's the limit. Once you start uh, communicating effectively, your life changes. And so without further ado, let's get into it. Now on to today's interview. I'm incredibly honored to have my guest today. Is it Maria del Pilar Ortiz? What? Uh, yeah, Maria del Pilar is my full name. Okay, that's why I was getting Pilar. confused in my head. My brain wanted to say Maria del Pilar Ortiz, but you you do you brand yourself as Pilar Ortiz, yes. and that's how you've always presented yourself. So I'm incredibly honored. Um, I'm you know I feel close to you. We've become friends over the years, so I feel comfortable with you. When I came to the United States a little over 20 years ago. Um, and, you know, and I came from Puerto Rico when I would turn on the TV or when I would go visit my grandmother and she had the TV on, you were, you know, on the six o'clock news every day, delivering all kinds of news. Like you were it, you were like the main news anchor. So, uh, fast forward now, you know, it's 2023. I live near the Univision studios and it's being demolished. They're going to put in, I guess, like a gas, um, a car wash. So I don't even. Certainly, a lot has happened between then and now, and so I'm just incredibly honored to have you because you know you went from that, and I've heard your story. I'm gonna let you say it from scratch for those who don't know you. Um, but your story is just really incredible, and I admire how you have reinvented yourself and now how you dedicate yourself to helping others um, with a variety. Of, of things. So from a business owner perspective, this, you know, this podcast has that angle where it's kind of, let's peek under the hood of successful businesses. I'm just really uh, thrilled to have you so that you can share your story with other listeners so they can get inspired and motivated if they've been thinking about kind of going off on their own. So I, I want to start Pilar with, you are originally from Colombia. What part of Colombia? I'm from Bogota. I I was raised in Bogota. I was born there and raised, and I moved to the United States when I was 30 years old. Oh, wow, 30 years old. Yeah, that's why the accent is still there. Can yep. you tell a little? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for having me. I am very, very glad to be here because I admire you as a business owner also, and I appreciate this invitation and years have flown, right? Yes. 20 plus yep. years here. Yep. So when you first came here from Bogota, within a few months, you got hired at Univision. Uh, how did you even get that job? How did you even get that gig? That's a big deal. Yes. I moved here without knowing anyone. I really didn't know anyone that was part of a different plan in life because my husband at the time lived here. So I moved here, but I wanted to take some sabbatical time and I didn't want to work. I was working as a reporter in Colombia, very busy, very hectic. So I took my time here and I was learning English. But then a friend of mine said, hey, Univision is starting a new, not even newscast at the time, news briefs. 
and they're looking for someone part-time. Would you be interested? I say, no. <laughs> I say, no, I'm studying English. I don't want to work. Two months pass by, and then I'm like, I need to do something. I'm a reporter. I'm a journalist. This is enough right. of time. So I went and I applied. I did the casting, and with all my experience, I was hired as a part-time anchor to okay. do briefs. Two weeks later, the news director resigned because he got another job in Miami. Okay. And then that was one of my first lessons in life. I assume they were going to offer me the job, but because I had said that I was okay with a part-time and I was learning English, I didn't say anything. And another friend said, you should tell them that you are interested. That was a big lesson in my life because I mentioned, by the way, I would like to be considered. And the boss at the time said, wow, I would have never known because you were happy studying English. Mm. So I started the process. They hired me, and I was the news director and the anchor for 11 years. Was that the, your first time being a, a, a dedicated news anchor? A dedicated news anchor, yes. I had started my career in Colombia when I was 21, just when I got out of school, mm -hmm. uh, university. And I was a reporter, producer, and feeling anchor. So in Colombia, I did anchor a couple of times, but Univision was the first full-time anchor and definitely the first news director right. <laughs> with all the lessons learned when you are leading a team. So you became the news director uh -huh. at Univision. Yes. That's amazing. So that's like a you know really big job. Uh, what was that like for you in your 30s? You know, just like you must have felt on top of the world. It's funny. I I was scared. I didn't know really what I was doing. I had been a reporter, a journalist, and then here there is this opportunity. And remember, I used to say I was the news director of myself because this was so small, just yeah. the briefs. But a year later, we got the okay to do a newscast and I started hiring and then I ended with a group of 18 people all together with interns and employees and cameras and editing uh, editors reporters so for me it was a learning experience I realized I was a journalist I was a reporter but if I wanted to go be a good leader I needed to really learn how to do it because I didn't like budgets I didn't like hiring I didn't like firing mm -hmm. and all of that is part of the job. Yeah. So I really started to learn to attend conferences, to follow role models. And I was able to mix both interviewing, doing some reporting, anchoring, and then being a good leader because I didn't want to be a boss. Right. I wanted to be a leader for the team. Good. And we ended doing the 6 o'clock, 11 o'clock newscast. Then we had the morning show, uh, breaking news. I, I mean, we ended with a lot of presence. And at that time, we were number one, even over the American newscast yes. because the population was growing. So yeah. I was the pioneer. It was the first newscast. But of course a team effort with right. people from different countries and different backgrounds. And here's where my background kind of comes back into, into play where uh, my first job, I came here 
when I was 17 years old to be a student at USF. Mm -hmm. And while I was a student at USF, I interned at Telemundo, WRMD, okay. which you could say at, you know, at that time was and still is the main competitor for Univision. Oh, at that point, there was only two major uh, Spanish language TV stations, Univision and Telemundo. And so after I graduated, uh, my first job out of college was uh, at Telemundo. So I got, I, I was a salesperson, so I would sell TV ads. And so from a salesperson perspective in my career, I was selling Telemundo and we were competing against Univision. Okay. And Univision was always a mammoth, you know, like I, I had to really make a sales pitch <laughs> to convince people why they needed to buy from, from Telemundo. Cause you guys were just huge. You guys had uh, that when we would look at the reports, you guys just, yes, you had monster uh, audiences. So, and that was all, all you, which is why, well, you and your team and, you know, your entire yeah. organization, Univision was really rocking and rolling, uh, for many years. And, and it's funny deal. now that you are mentioning that because Telemundo didn't have news at the I moment know, yes. they, they have Correct. now, but and, we and used you to coach them, didn't you? I, I did. But we used to say like, we hope Telemundo has some news because that way we get better equipment and better gear right. because, you know, competition is, competition? is good. <laughs> competition is very good, yeah. So I, 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 yes. I wanted for them to have something at yes. the time. So when I was working there, there were always talks about doing it, but, you know, it, it required a budget and it required the right space and it required the right talent. Mm. And it was just something that during my tenure at Telemundo, I never saw. It never realized. It never happened. There was no kind of local coverage. What's everything was just uh, telecast. Anyways, I would imagine a lot of your identity was built around your 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 profession. Eleven years, you know, you came from Colombia. Like you came, you know, like this was your your whole life. You built your whole identity about around being this, and then suddenly they come. You, you like to tell your story about your three boxes, your three empty Absolutely. boxes. So so tell us that story Absolutely. about how you were let go. So it's kind of different changes. As a reporter in Colombia, I had the opportunity to cover all type of news. Like uh, when I was 23, I covered the death of Pablo Escobar, one of the most dangerous drug dealers of all times. And I had the opportunity of being in different uh, situations at that moment in Colombian history was very violent and we were facing um, different, very different moments than now. And then I moved here, I became the news director, the news anchor, and it's kind of softer for me. I am not on the street covering all these terrorism attacks and all these current events happening because of drugs and all that. So it's kind of 11 years of building. Mm -hmm. I'm part of your family. I am part of community events. The Hispanic community is growing. I'm working with people from Puerto Rico, from Cuba, from Venezuela, from Colombia, from Dominican Republic. So we yes. are learning to to know, to do Spanish newscasts. And I remember, like, how do you say this in your country? How do you say this? Right. Because even though we'll speak Spanish, right. I don't want to confuse any of our listeners. Of course, just like England and the United States, you will say lift and elevator. So it's the same Spanish, but right. we use it in a different way. Correct. So you become part of this community and everyone knows you. And yes, I was part of the families at six o'clock every single night. And suddenly, 11 years later, I received the news that 
part of the economical crisis in the United States. This was the beginning of 2009. Pilar, here are three boxes. We don't need your services anymore. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. They pretty much were closing the news. They, only two people were left, and they started to do a lot of recording. Uh, quick question. Did you see it coming? Did you have a feeling, or did, was this really out of left field for you? It was without notice at all. Funny enough, the day before, I kind of felt it because nobody told me why. The, the news were happening. I, to, to face it, every single night I was informing the viewers, right. this percentage of people are without a job. The statistics <laughs> are terrible. I mean, every single yeah. night. So back on your head, you think like, wow. And they had had some changes at the beginning of the year, or the at, at the end of the past year. So it crosses your mind, but you think, no, 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 I have been here 11 years. I built it, I created it, da, 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 a little bit of the ego. Uh, but then that night, the night before, I kind of felt it because I said something to my boss, which, by the way, I have a very good relationship with her. It was never personal. We never had any issue. Now I just ran into her last week. We are friends. Mm -hmm. The very night before, I felt it because I said, oh, next time we do this January event for the Three Kings, mm -hmm. we can do this. And she looked at me like, I knew, knew it, it wasn't, wasn't going happening. to be an, an next year. Yeah. It's something that I, yeah, I, I saw. Yeah. So when I got home, the I told... The body never lies. Exactly. So when I got home, I told my husband, Bruce... I say, I think this is happening. And sure enough, the next day they had the, the boxes and I emptied my office for 11 years in a couple of hours. And, and that was the end of that chapter and the beginning of a beautiful one that I would have never thought it would happen. Emotionally, like, I mean, I imagine you were devastated. How, um, did you take time off? When and how did, did you decide to reinvent yourself? I, I don't know if it's a how a moment, I don't think. That day, I remember, the, this was January 9, 2009, a Friday, and I left my cellular phone, my business cards, my key, everything, and you feel almost naked, mm -hmm. right? And you, mm -hmm. I got out of there. I cried that day. I went to visit a friend of mine. She lent me a phone <laughs> because I didn't have a personal phone. Right. I mean, Right, right. At that moment, I guess you, you only had one phone. So and then I got home. I got scared. That was my first feeling and, and my first emotion. You don't understand why. Um, I had a good salary and I had my responsibilities. So I was like, oh, what am I going to do? So you get scared. Um, but then the next day, I remember I had a, an event, a networking event. And I decided to go, even though I didn't even have business cards anymore, I didn't have an email address, a personal email address. I didn't. Uh, so I went to the event and I told a couple of people like, hey, I don't have an email. This is a phone number. Give me yours. I will reach out. Uh, did you ever do a sign off or anything or did you just disappear from the airwaves? No, I disappeared from the air. I asked for it, but that was denied at the time. So basically that night I didn't show up for the daily meeting with the families. Were you, uh, sorry, were you replaced? 
not at the moment. They they started recording just with like one or two people that were left. And years later, they started the news again and they had a team. But no, not at the moment. The, uh, that day with me, almost six other people were laid off as well. Yeah. They pretty much closed down the place. Uh, but um, the first year I was looking for a job. I thought I needed another TV station to recover from all these, and because that was my life right, forever. Your identity. Um, but I learned that it wasn't my identity. It was my job. And my mom has been always very, very clear about that. That is a job. Don't get out of your own head. Uh, so when I realized that the opportunities that I was given were in Washington or New York, they were in po politics or in the cold weather, and then my husband had a, his job here, I realized I didn't want to go back to be a reporter in the cold weather. <laughs> so I did a couple of jobs. I sold advertising also for a magazine, for La Guia, for Siete Dias newspaper. I started writing a column. And then this opportunity came without even thinking. Some, of, uh, some people I knew asked me if I could train them in public speaking. Mm. And I'm like, me? How? Do I? Like, and they said, yes, absolutely. You can. You have everything. And we put together a seminar. We have 40 people in my seminar. The wow. first time ever. Wow. They pay to be there. I prepare a presentation. And, and then I started. And I realized right there that I could have a business. And a friend of mine told me, of course you can. Right. Because I was hesitant. I was like, oh, do I? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But he kind of pushed the idea. And he said, of course, you can. And then the whole coaching and speaking business started. I have a lot of friends that have talked about going off on their own. I went off on my own many years ago. But from your journey and your perspective, how did you learn how to transition from being an employee to becoming you know, an, an, a self-employed person that has to now put together packages because you did not do sales at Univision. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, so, so you had to learn how to do, how to sell yourself. You had to learn how to put together a course, how to put together, you know, packages and services. When somebody approaches you and says, what do you do? Like, you know, you had to figure out your pitch. What was your journey in learning those skills? Very interesting that you mentioned that because I definitely wasn't a salesperson. As a matter of fact, I used to hate sales. Like sales is in the first floor, news is in the second floor. I don't have. I don't. Oh, sorry, I just touched the microphone. <laughs> okay. I don't have anything to do with you. Yeah, we let. That's women, because we, we speak, speak with, with our hands. hands. It's yeah, impossible. I know. It's impossible. I know. <laughs> so I used to kind of be very like I don't want anything to do with sales, but then. I hired a coach because I didn't have any idea how to do my own business. Oh, and like a business coach. Like a business coach. Gotcha. And he started to teach me a lot of lessons that became very important. First, the mindset. I had a mindset of a job. Mm -hmm. I needed to be working for hours. Right. Not even eight to five, because the news is not eight to five, but long hours. If I wasn't doing something, I felt... I wasn't something, which is terrible. 
And now these days, a lot of people are doing, 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 but they're not being. So that was kind of the first lesson. The second one, of course, you can charge for something that is easy for you. Because I remember saying, that's easy. Why? How am I going to charge? Why people are going to pay me to help them speak or to help them? And he said, it's easy for you. It's, easy to, it's not easy for them. It's easy for you. And then the third one, very valuable lesson, it's how much to charge. Don't sell yourself short because the same thing. You think it's easy, so I'm going to do it for $5 because ah, it's easy. So I started doing it very, very low, and I wasn't valuing myself, mm-hmm. really. So it was a whole, the whole idea of a mindset. That was the beginning. Then I took a lot of classes, I did a lot of trainings, and I believed in the fact of selling wasn't bad. Selling is serving. And that changed everything. Because I was able, I had everything that needed for sales. I only needed to be comfortable asking for the check, right? Right. I knew how to talk, I knew how to ask questions, I knew how to organize my ideas. I just needed to say, hey, it's $100, it's $1,000, it's $10,000 without any problem. If funny enough, I develop a method to help others to do it. This is 10 years along the way. Mm-hmm. I start seeing the same situation with a lot of people, as you just said. And I had developed my own system to teach them, to help them. So now it's the, that's what I do with people. I help them with the pitch. I help them with the mindset. I help them with the communication skills, with the packages, mm-hmm. because if you have the clarity, you are going to be able to communicate it and to close the business. It's CCC, clarity, communication, closing. If we don't have that, it's not going to happen because you are going to be on your own head thinking all the time, hey, are they going to have the money to hire me? Oh, no, it's too expensive. It's too little. And we spend too much time thinking in those things and changing the prices. It's like, okay, and one day I say one thing and the other one say, and that's not going to be good for anyone. So now once you have your packages, you ask the right questions. At least in my opinion, I'm not selling. I'm serving. And if you have a need in mindset, now, these days, it's not only that. I work in mindset, in emotions, in confidence, communications, video training. Then I'm going to say very clear what I can do. And the person is going to say yes or no. Right. It's an easy process instead of thinking too much. That person approaching you and asking you for coaching was kind of like the impetus of your entire career because it sounds like now you probably sit down and say, you know, what else can I teach other people? What skills do people need to learn that I'm strong at? Uh-huh. And um but but it's a process. I I have to say that a lot of things that I did at Univision or before that prepare me to what I'm doing right now and I didn't know it at the time. And that happens all the time. I like coaching a lot. I love it. And I never knew that I was doing coaching at Univision because if an attorney will come to record a commercial, I will coach that person. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have enough budget and I had to hire someone right 
from university, like a college student, I was training them. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is how you, as a matter of fact, right. a lot of my interns or reporters are now in CNN and ABC oh, wow. and yeah. yeah. So Sari Carmen locally. So, so at the time I was training interns, I was training professionals recording commercials. I hired someone to do the news, the sports cast, and I trained them. So I was coaching. I wasn't charging for it because Univision used to sure. pay. It was right. part of you my job. Mm-hmm. So when you are becoming an entrepreneur or business owner, I now these days I do a lot of personality tests, a lot of exercises and concepts because I believe not only in the leader, like learning the skill of communication or this, I believe that we need to align who we are to what we do. Remember I mentioned that I was doing, doing, doing. Now for the past 10 years, I've been working in being. And I do. So I put both together. Can you I explain that a little bit more? I think I know what you're, you mean, but let's expand on that a little bit. You, that's the second time you mentioned being, being versus doing. Because now these days we are so competitive or busy, mm-hmm. hectic. People think that the more they do mm-hmm. is better. Mm-hmm. So I want another diploma. I want another certification. I want a doctor. I want a master's. I want a different job. I want more money. And people are not having enough time to really think in themselves, to listen to them silence, to their inner voice, unless it's wrong and negative. Mm-hmm. I can't. I should. I should be doing, comparing myself. And I think society takes us in that route. Mm-hmm. And does. if we allow that, that's at the end of the day is going to make you unhappy. And I have worked with people that have have it all, apparently. Mm-hmm. I have a good job. I'm successful. I'm a good mother. I have a family. I'm a spouse. And I'm not happy. I'm not fulfilled. Yeah. I, something is missing mm-hmm. or they don't have time, which is terrible. Also, yes. they are working, doing, doing, doing. So what I mean with that is I see it as a pillars, two pillars. Okay. The internal pillar is your emotions, your fears, your confidence, your thoughts. Okay. Everything starts with a thought. And then the external pillar is how you are going to project that in a cell speech in a message on a video, uh, your body language, your job, your presentation skills. So people come to me to work only on the presentation. Yes, we can do something in two hours and I can help you. But if you really want a happy life, a fulfilled with purpose, that's when I have to work in both sides. Mm -hmm. So when I say that now I'm more being than doing, Mm -hmm. it's because I wake up, happy. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not happy, I know why. I don't judge myself and I listen to myself. And, oh, that's why I have fear or that's why I'm sad. Mm-hmm. And I know what to do with my emotions. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm impacting the people around me and I'm helping from that part. So right. now I don't want people to spend a lot of time just doing, but being mm-hmm. and connecting the dots. Yeah. So you have enough time for your family, enough time to relax. And if I tell you that you need an hour of meditation and you say, no, I don't have an hour, maybe you need to. I right. like that phrase. Yeah. I like that. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because um, 
And I, and I can see where it comes from. You know, you, even when we're in high school, it's like, oh, you can grow up and be a doctor. You can grow up and be a veterinarian. You can grow up and do this or you can do that, whatever. So there is a lot of doing and school teaches you do this, do this, and this is how you do that. And then when you start working and it's kind of, you know, it's like, okay, well, you're going to make this much an hour. This is your salary and these are your responsibilities. And then you're just kind of like, yeah, yeah, I got to look busy. I got to be doing something so that they don't fire me so that they see that I'm working hard. It's uh, no fear. It, all it that is, time. Yeah. And you're just doing that. But then when you break away from that and you become an entrepreneur and you kind of go off on your own, one of the first things that, um, I, I was blessed to, to have a mentor who took me under her wing. And one of the first things that she taught me, I same thing. I thought she was going to teach me, how, this is how you read a PNL. This is how you do this. This is how you manage your employees. This is how you grow your team. And our entire coaching and mentoring was all, it was almost like a therapy session. Uh-huh. And I asked her why, I mean, I, cause I, I kind of got upset. I was maybe you need it more. Yeah. But I was, and she, and she said, because if, until you get these things right, until you get your mindset right, you can't do any of these other things well. Absolutely. There's days where the best thing that I can do is not work or take a break or sit down and meditate, like you said, for an hour or go to the gym or go for a swim or just do something that lets me get into a positive, happy frame of mind because I can better serve my clients from that point And forward. it doesn't have to be an hour. I use that as an example. Sure. But that's one of the things. People just wait until it's the right time to have the hour or to go on vacation. So what so I'm just trying to schedule it too. It's what like I'm just, seeing uh, right now, I work with a lot of executive women and it doesn't matter if they are in corporations or they are business owners. I work with leaders as well, men and women on my VIP coaching. But is waiting for the right moment. Big mistake is never going to show up. The right moment for what? Oh, the hour meditating, the three hours to rest here. No, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. So it's more about learning to do it in your present moment Mm -hmm. with what you are and what you have. Right. It's a starting point. I call it imperfect action. Do not wait until everything is perfect. Just start the process. It's going to start with five minutes of mindfulness. Wonderful. It's going to start with taking a risk, calling someone. It's different for every single person. Mm -hmm. But people are comparing themselves too much. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, that person is doing this. I should be doing. So it's from fear that we are acting. And that doesn't. It's not sustainable and doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. if I'm acting from fear. I remember somebody, uh, when I was back in my television days, somebody was used to say, Pilar, are you going on vacations? What about if the person that you are leaving in your desk uh, is going to take your job? And I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm going on vacation. The person is going to, if that's going to happen, it's going to happen with me here or without me here. I don't want to be acting from fear. That's like checking your spouse phone, thinking that they are not going to go with someone else. If they want to do it, they They will will. do it. (laughs) So it's more than fear, understanding deeply and authentically and being honest. What is what that person's thoughts, your own thoughts are telling you? 
what is your, your body is telling you? But the real thing, not the mask that we put out there like, ah, right. I am fine, thank you. No, not that one. Mm -hmm. Deep inside, we get answers, mm -hmm. but we ignore them. We don't want them. We don't want to look bad. We don't want. And then we are probably spending a lot of time from the things we don't have, the lack of instead of the abundance mm -hmm. of the universe. That's right. And that's where I put both together. Helping leaders mm -hmm. how to do that. Helping leaders to be okay with putting limits, saying no, telling your kids that this is mommy's time or daddy's time. Mm -hmm. Not taking your phone first thing in the morning. Mm -hmm. That moment, the first 10, 15 minutes where we are waking up, we can program ourselves the whole day how we want it. Mm -hmm. And people just get distracted with Netflix or the email or the WhatsApp. And we are busy, 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 busy. And being busy is like if you think in yourself like a, a candle mm -hmm. and you lit the candle, you turn it on or how do you say you light it? Light the candle. You light the candle and you never, never blow up the candle. Sooner or later it's going to disappear. It's going to end. That's a stress to people. We need to be able to live ourselves without that feeling of doing, 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 doing. Yeah. And yes, we have to do. Yes, we do. It's fine if we align both. That's my belief. Cool. And I see the transformation in people when, when we learn to do it. Because now that I learn to do it, mm -hmm. I realize how wonderful everything could be mm -hmm. because you are attracting people, you are helping people and you are living your life instead of waiting to live your life. Yes. Yeah. No, what you say is very profound. Um, when I've taken moments to pause and like you said, meditate and visualize and kind of like that whole manifesting thing. Um, uh, yes, I, I, things change and I just encourage anyone who all of this is sounding weird to, to look into it, research it and, like my best tip is just relax. <laughs> Things actually work better if everybody just takes a chill pill and relaxes. And, and that's easy to say, but a it lot of people have difficulties. So yeah. there are steps to do it. And I invite people. Uh, I do this in English and Spanish mm -hmm. uh, just to follow in Instagram handle Pilar Ortiz TV. I'm always putting information out there because as easy as it is, when you first start to do it, Oh, super Your hard. mind is all yeah. over the place. A monkey brain. A monkey brain. And meditation and mindfulness is not about not thinking. People got that mistake. Mm -hmm. And the mind is there to think and to wonder. So it's just the first exercise that I will probably suggest following what you are saying. Mm -hmm. It's follow your breath. Mm -hmm. Like what is happening? Oh, okay. If you inhale... I feel the air, and then you exhale. What happens? So just by following the breath for two minutes, you are not going to think in anything else other than your breath. Right. So that's just a simple technique that will help people to focus in one thought, which is the breathing, instead of, let me not think about that, or oh, the email, let me not think about that, or oh, the money, let me not right. think, right. <laughs> we are thinking in everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, so... You know, so you've you've kind of reinvented yourself and created this whole career helping others. You helped me. I uh, had a client ask me to be on TV 
for him and to speak about his company. And I was, and I'm, I'm one of those people where it's kind of like, if it's a great opportunity, even if I don't feel prepared, I, I'll say yes. And then I'll figure out resources I to try it. to like, you know, plug the holes. And then um, I'm the type of person where um, I can lean on the anxiety side. And one of the things that helps me not be so anxious is when I feel prepared. And so I thought about you and I, cause I know I've known you for years, you do this uh, coaching. So I asked you to come and help me and you taught me a lot of tips. And what's funny is in our conversation just now, I'm sure that people haven't noticed, but because you coached me, I've noticed you do a couple of things that you taught me to do. I noticed that. <laughs> like you Such stayed, a good student. I asked you a question, but you stayed in control. That was one of the things you, you told me to do, to always stay in control of what I want to say. And it doesn't matter if somebody asks me a question, always make, it's my job to get the points in that I want to make. And I've seen you do that a couple of times, which I love. I'm like, I'm like, this is fabulous. I, I see the teacher doing what she taught oh, me to do. That's <laughs> yes. awesome. Um, so I've seen you for a couple of years promote um, your book, El Genio de la Botella. Mm -hmm. is, is that the name of it in Spanish? The um, genius in the bottle. The genius it's in the bottle. genie. genie. I, I was going to clarify that because, yeah, so when I read El Genio de la Botella in Spanish, I think of genie in a bottle, mm -hmm. cue in the, I'm a genie in the bottle. <laughs> a lot um, of people think that. Uh, but why, why not, why genius and not genie? And what's this whole concept of your book? And that's a beautiful book cover, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. Genius, because I believe every single person is a genius. Mm -hmm. We think, oh, I have to be a physique or math or whatever, Nobel Prize. No. That's part of what we are talking about. We are genius. We are in this world with a purpose. Mm -hmm. Whether we know it or not, whether we use it or not, we are genius because you, uh, you have something. You are something that other person doesn't, period. So how are we using those talents? The bottle and the genius in the bottle refers to those excuses fears, ideas that are trapping you. So if I am the genius, but I'm inside of a bottle because of fear of procrastination or blame or judgment, you put the name you want in the bottle. When you are inside, you cannot see what's happening out there. You cannot see the label outside of that bottle. So the genius cannot be a genius if it's trapped, right? Mm -hmm. You have to either break the bottle or get out of the bottle, like the television station. That happened to be a luxury bottle for me. Mm -hmm. I was in my comfort zone. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have left ever in my right. life if that wouldn't have happened. I would still be there, probably, and I would have not knowing what has happened in the last 12, 13 years. So... It doesn't matter where you are. It matters how do you feel and how do you want for that to impact your life and others. With that being said, is nothing wrong with being in a job or in a, as an employee in a corporation. I just want to have that very clear. Mm -hmm. Not everyone is going to become an entrepreneur. Good. But ask different questions. Are you living your life to the full purpose. Are you using your talents? They are not strengths if you are not using it. You love singing, but you never sing. Come on. Mm -hmm. 
break that bottle because everything happens beyond that fear that takes that extra question, listening, doing something different, being yourself for real. Mm -hmm. People staying in marriages because of their kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I want to get out of this marriage. I want a divorce, but because of my kids. Really? I stay in this job because I don't know. How am I going to make this? The first time, I never thought I was going to make more money than I was making at Univision. I was making good money back then. I had huge opportunities. It took to believe in myself. It took to learn some other things. So Genius in the Bottle is about breaking bottles Mm -hmm. or getting out of the bottles that are not serving us. Mm -hmm. The more we do it, the more we recognize that. And when you do that, you can have flow, which is a wonderful word. Mm -hmm. I love being in the flow. Mm -hmm. You are not pushing you are not resisting it has to happen i need to get 10 clients mm-hmm. um no it is going to flow because you are aligned and the universe responds mm-hmm. and you are doing your homework you are taking the class like you said like you you know you need a new skill of course right. and i'm all about learning new things and doing new things if you know why you are doing it. I have clients that take classes just because they are in a bottle of perfection. Mm-hmm. I need another certification pillar. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. I need to study something else. And one day I come as a coach and I say, you don't need one more diploma. You don't need one more class. You just need to put it out there and believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. why I call it the genius in the bottle. And the, I'm reading the subtitle um, from here. It says, Atrévete a proyectar todo lo que eres con seguridad y confianza. And that means dare to project everything that you are with um, confidence and security, I guess. Confidence, with security I guess. And confidence. Are, yeah, two it's, ways to say confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and the book, for example, we, we don't know what we don't know, right? Mm-hmm. I never thought I was going to be a mindset coach. I never thought I was going to work on emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. I never know da-da-da-da-da-da. I knew what I had, mm-hmm. and I started there. And when I wrote this book, I could have waited five more years to have the perfect book because I learned something else, because it's not the right time. <laughs> Let me, me finish this book. <laughs> One day when the publishing company, Editorial Planeta, say, hey, let's put all that conference that we just saw in a book, the concept of the Genio de la Botella didn't exist. When I started writing this book, this title wasn't in the picture. I started writing from the communication, how important your message, this. In the middle of the process, because I took action, okay. the idea came to me. Gotcha. And then the title, and then the whole concept. Mm-hmm. So one, we cannot move the car if we don't start the car, basically. So let's start the car right. so we can move. And we have sold almost 4,000 copies of this book. Very good. And now the next step will be to have it in English as well. Well, okay. So yeah, that was one of the things I wanted to say that I really admire about you. So, you know, you're here, we're speaking in English, you've got your heavy accent, but you are not only capable of reaching, you know, the American audience and coaching professionals here in the United States, 
but you also travel to Colombia and do the same thing over there, right? Yeah. And, and it's you've you've sent pictures of your book in bookstores in Colombia. Um, yeah. wh- what is how do you how do you manage doing business internationally like that as an independent yeah. person? And and I travel wherever, by the way. <laughs> if you are listening right here. I will go to Spain. Uh, yeah, Spain, Yo me voy contigo también. Come on, English yes, or Spanish. I'm going to answer that in a couple of ways. Because first of all, I learned English when I was 30, when I came to this country. Right. First obstacle. I used to be in the news until 7 p.m. And the classes in the college, Ebor City, the Hillsborough Community College, where like, uh, I think at seven o'clock, by the time I got there, it was always 720. Uh, I spoke to the teacher and I say, hey, I want to learn English, but I, I cannot make it at seven. I look for a way mm-hmm. instead of, it's easy to say, oh, the class is at seven. I, I can't. can't. Yeah. I cannot do it. Right. And at that time, I didn't know a lot of things I know now about the, the mindset. I just had that. I spoke to her. She said, you know what? I see that you want to do it. It doesn't matter. At 7.20, you are going to open the back door and you are going to enter the class. I studied for a year like that. Mm -hmm. And then years later, when I had the first opportunity to become the host of a podcast for the National Speakers Association, I was using my English very casually because at Univision, to tell you the truth, I didn't need a lot of English. Mm -hmm. I was comfortable in Spanish doing the... Everything, Mm -hmm. writing, news, everything in Spanish. And they said, we need a a host for our podcast. It's for 4,000 speakers around the world. And I'm like, oh, I can't. My first reaction, no. My confidence went to the floor. And then I'm like, what would I tell one of my clients? Hold on, Pilar. No, 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 no. Of course you can do it. I check in with myself. What is the fear? Oh, the fear is this. Okay, so I hired a coach to help me with the pronunciation. At that moment, you are not going to get rid of your accent when you learn at the age of 30. Mm -hmm. However, I wanted to be able to pronounce every single side, everything the best to my abilities, instead of sounding like I didn't really try it. And I did it. After one year of becoming the first host, I had done 120 interviews in the podcast and people knew my name and my voice around the world. That's wonderful. So that was confidence. That's Mm -hmm. why I don't teach only the skill, which is wonderful, but I teach the confidence. What about when you lose your skill? What do you do? So now answering the third part of that question, I believe in myself. I know that what I have to offer is needed out there. Mm -hmm. I do it in English or Spanish. I'm doing right now a bigger percentage in Spanish only because I think the work I'm doing, it's so needed among especially women in their own language because that's where we are 100% being ourselves. Even Latinas that live here in the United States, Mm If I speak Spanish, I can really express myself 100%. In English, maybe I am doing 85% of my personality and my way of saying. So that's why I'm doing more in Spanish. Mm -hmm. And I am doing it in 50 countries right now because (sighs) thanks to the technology, Mm -hmm. I was already using Zoom before the pandemic, but 
I am working with people in 50 countries, English and Spanish. Yesterday, no, last week, we had people uh, from Ethiopia. 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 Yeah, the name. Ethiopia. I always will ask, how do you say this? I say the craziest things all the time, too. Don't worry. And Turkey, Spain, Chile. English and Spanish, um, yeah. So I can go. How I can you, travel. How did you there? reach such an international uh, international audience? In different ways, corporations. I do a lot of uh, work with corporations that wanna train their employees in storytelling for business, confidence, emotional intelligence, communication skills, and personally individuals, uh, people that want uh, coaching. So social media and and most of the time referrals. When you yep. when you know what to say and people remember, mm-hmm. like when you called me, mm-hmm. when you need me, probably five years after, ten years after, you remember my name. Yep. And that's what we do with the branding because today we may be like, oh, that sounds good for people to remember what you can do. When you find yourself in that situation. You're the first. You, you're, you're the first name that comes to mind. Right, to right, right. That you know that from all your your mm-hmm. expertise. But now I have a group that we meet every week mm-hmm. virtually, and we are always. I'm as a coach and some mentor. I'm there in the journey. I'm helping them along the journey, because the truth is, every single week is going to be different. And you can read all the books in the world. Mm-hmm. You can attend all the conferences in the world. Let's face it. Today brings a problem with your client or today you want to do something differently. It's going to take a little bit more to apply that knowledge. Right. And that's where I come as a coach to help people to break those bottles. Uh, you also, I saw that you were promoting a retreat. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the way we do business is... We do it in different ways. Some people want to do it faster, so we do one-on-one coaching. Some people like to do it in a group because we help to avoid procrastination and we are there along the all the time. So we do once a week, one hour. That's two programs, ongoing programs. The retreat, some people were like, we want to do something else in person, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't want to do a big, big event. So we designed the retreats, which is for a small group of women, two, three times a year. So 2023, we already had our first one, and the transformation is unbelievable. Because Where did you guys do it? We, uh, where or what? Where? where? Uh, this last time we did it in the Orlando area in okay. a mansion. We have a nice house, one bedroom for each person so you can be with your thoughts and you can relax on your own. <laughs> we spent three days. We eat there. We have fun. We work. It's, it's deep inside that feeling of listening to yourself and understanding your being. So it's really touching that emotional intelligence and that part of you that when you are not busy, you can hear and you can tap into it. Uh, It's not a practical retreat where I teach how to communicate or do a presentation or communication skills. I do that in a different setting, but this one is more about being visible. 
as a matter of fact, the name of the retreat is Mujeres Visibles, Visible Women, because we want to be visible in our home, in our family, in our job, in our community, but first of all, in ourselves. If we are not visible to us, visible to us, Nobody's going to really value us mm -hmm. or seeing us. So uh, it's a wonderful opportunity to reconnect with yourself. For business owners, for executives, and people say like, ah, only three days and then we go back to normal. No. The tools I share in that retreat and the month of coaching that we have following are going to be crucial for you to be able to do it on your own. And then if you need more, we can talk about more. But don't wait until everything is there. Right. So, yeah, that's the retreat. It's a wonderful experience. I hope I am going to have you in my next one. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah I could it's... use a break. <laughs> Being a mom is, is a different league. Absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of people with small kids or teenagers Again, life is life, and then they're going to grow up soon, and some people are, oh, my my children are in college, and now I don't know what to do with myself. I and have a job. They, uh -huh. so, yeah. it's so it's a wonderful experience to grow as a person, basically. Yep. And, you know, and, and um, speaking of growth and how life is, so fast forward, it's now 2023. I go to the Publix that's right next to that old Univision building. I'm watching it being demolished. I know Telemundo now, finally, they have their own newscast and you were hired to coach all of their newscasters. What was that experience like? Yes, I was hired to coach them and I have been doing coach with some ex-Univision people, Telemundo and working with big companies as Nielsen, Toyota. Uh, that experience was wonderful because I love really teaching. Mm -hmm. I think you can tell by now that it's one of my skills and one of that, that passion. So going back to the newscast and helping others to really communicate with their body language, with their voice, with their message. Mm -hmm. Storytelling, for example, is something that people don't use enough. I don't know who is going to care about my personal experience, my personal story. Mm -hmm. So that was a great experience. And I bring that to every company that I'm hired to do work with. Uh, I believe in the individual. I really want happier people doing what they love doing. And yeah, and I mean, think, I think that's how life is. So it's just kind of like, you know, one day you're on top and, and you think that this is what you are. The fast forward, you know, the, do, what is happening with Univision? Do you have any idea? Like, I don't know. I think they have a small newscast. I really don't know. I have good friends there. Now my ex-boss is it's a local sales manager. Uh, I, I know people there, but I don't really know what is next for them. I know Telemundo is very strong in the local news. Yeah. Now I used to watch a lot of news, like all the time. That yeah. was part of my doing, doing, doing. Yeah. Now I, I keep myself informed, but I do it on my own yeah. <laughs> time. And I yeah. <laughs> I do it just, just enough. So I don't know. Every time I start watching the news or reading the news regularly, I start, to, you know, when you talk about checking in with yourself, I start to feel anxious and I start to feel a little, uh, you know, negative and kind of 
stressed out and I definitely measure uh, with a little measuring spoon how much news I let myself get. get. And I'm lucky that if, if, the, if the news is big enough, my husband will, will mention it or my mom will mention it. I'll, I'll, I'll get it. You yeah. Know? And it's not only the news. It's the social media, for example. Mm-hmm. It's really being aware of the awareness piece. It's not, not, not to do it. I, I enjoy Netflix. I enjoy social media. But it's being aware. Mm-hmm. How long are you using it? What is the last thing you are watching before going to bed? Mm-hmm. It's something that is good for you yep. or not. So that yep. feeling is very important and, and really doing something about that because everything starts with the thought. Mm-hmm. And if we are feeding our thoughts with negativity, mm-hmm. with the drama people that are always a victim, what is going to come out? You cannot squeeze an orange pretending that something else is going to come out. So what is coming out from you? Exactly. Your words. And uh, you're available to hire if anybody needs uh, coaching. Sounds like you're focusing mostly on Spanish-speaking uh uh, for, for my groups, uh, for my groups, I I only have groups uh, independently in Spanish. Like my membership group on mm-hmm. a weekly basis is for women in Spanish. Okay. My retreats right now are in Spanish. However, that being said, if I have six people that want a retreat and I got hired to do it in English, we do it in English. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the trainings for corporations are bilingual, mm-hmm. so we can train in a storytelling, communication skills, uh, all the presentation skills. That was me in the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so emotional intelligence. The genius in the bottle is one of our most popular one because it's motivating leaders from their talents. Mm-hmm. Uh, mindset. Mm, video training, like media training. Mm-hmm. So we can customize whether it's group Individual, English or Spanish. You'll work something. I do out. executive coaching. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, me being a marketer, clients ask all the time. You know, what's the best way to put myself out there, whatever? Uh, videos is super strong. Uh, you know, we we do social media management for clients. We'll do those. We'll do posts, but as soon as we release a reel, you know, it completely outperforms everything else. And so, a lot of people know that they need to kind of go on camera and film stuff, but then they feel insecure. They look at themselves. I know that's happened to me where I feel myself. And now you look what you are doing now. (laughs) How do you feel good, right? Uh, Here in the setting? In the video. Uh, In the videos? (laughs) um, You know, I haven't really done much more videos after that. Um, You know, it's not, I I, I do a lot of audio stuff. So this is my comfort zone. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, I technically, I I believe in like, you should do whatever it is that you're afraid of doing. I think that you should move towards doing that, especially if it's a good thing, you know? Um, But your coaching definitely helped me have a lot more tips and know how to uh, stand in front of the camera, how to speak, uh, you know, where to move my hands, where not to move my hands. So no, I I really... uh, benefited from your the training that I got oh, with you. Glad. So thank you so much. You were such a good student. <laughs> but from what you were saying, a lot of people are focusing in what they don't like. They do the video. No, what people are going to tell. I, am I going to have likes? Uh, I don't like my hair. I don't like my whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're not going to do videos. They're going to waste opportunities. They're going to lose time. So really, what is what you are afraid of? And 
if you can do something about it, you can learn the skill. But be, even before that, I believe everyone could do videos. And I work mm -hmm. with people helping them with those skills mm -hmm. to do it. And then if you decide to do voiceovers only, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I get the same question and I agree with you. Videos are going to help businesses Big Tremendous time. Thing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, you know, if you've been thinking, if you're a business owner, you've been thinking about doing that, you're not really sure, you have some fears and insecurities, this is Pilar's expertise. She helps you break out of the bottle, break all those limiting self-beliefs. And uh, she, she does give you practical tools on how to speak, how to look into the camera. And now when I take selfies, you taught me this. Um, uh -huh. When I take selfies, I actually look straight into the camera. I used to look at myself and you taught me that something so simple, it makes a difference. The lens is your friend. So now we yes. are we are sharing this with the audience. Absolutely. You would look so beautiful on your selfies. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? She goes. We're, we're taking a selfie. You want to look beautiful in your selfie? And I'm like thinking, like, what of a dumb question? <laughs> of course I want. What? <laughs> I'm like, uh huh. And she's like, look right here at the camera. Don't look at yourself. Look at the camera and smile. And then she's she flipped it over and she goes, look how pretty you look. You see? And I was like. <laughs> I was like, why didn't I think of doing that before? <laughs> There's all these like head slapper yeah. things like, oh yeah. So there's a bunch of little tips and tricks and even how to memorize, you know, if you're speaking on camera, how do you, you, you taught me this technique of putting, of visualizing like the words kind of in front of me of what it is that I need to say. So just really helpful tips like that. that and many practical tips because I come from both worlds. I have all the broadcasting experience with mm -hmm. the practical and being tips. Being in front of camera. And now the last 12 years, that I have dedicated myself to work on that inner part. So I put both together. And as Anthony Robbins said, Tony Robbins is, it's about two millimeters. Sometimes people are looking for this huge thing to make a difference. But if you do it daily and you do that little change, something big is going to happen. So those practical tips are little, are few, and make a big difference. Make a big difference over at, over time. Awesome. So, so if people want to learn more about you and get in touch, your website is pilarortiz.com. Dot com. Yeah. Now, I, 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 at the beginning, you were saying Maria del Pilar, which is my full name, yeah. but I get rid of all that so people don't get confused. confused. Pilar is my middle name, but pilarortiz.com. And that's P-I-L-A-R-O-R-T-I-Z. Uh, Instagram, it's at Pilar Ortiz TV, television, TV. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the easiest way to reach out, to find Yep. Very accessible, very friendly. She responds right away. So if, you, if you're even thinking about it, do reach out. Um, I have had uh, coaching with her and I highly recommend her. She really got me prepared in a short amount of time to go on camera you know, bright lights on me, just stood there. And I mean, I think I did an okay job. She, then she later, she looked at it and gave me some feedback and, you know, I haven't had the opportunity, but next time I get an opportunity to be in front of the camera, I won't be as totally off guard as I was before. And so you today. just mentioned three or four of the tips, which yes. it tells me you I know them, you yeah. learn them. Absolutely. So I'm glad to hear. Yes. And I, I enjoy doing it. So now is part of my life, of course, because... It's my business. Yeah, so you're in the business I, of helping others rise, it sounds to me like. Yeah, they, and know. I train people in doing sales and packaging as well. Mm -hmm. Because time, the circle goes, I, like, I learned yeah. to do it. I overcame my own fear of charging right. and putting prices on the value. 
And now I help entrepreneurs to do the same thing, like right. packaging their services and charge for it. And charge and 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 for and to ask without fear, to exactly. be confident in asking for it. That was another tip you gave me about being on camera. You know, you're like, just, you have I to sound I need to turn confident. this camera and record you doing this, this uh, uh, testimonial, right? <laughs> you sound, you, you know, you, you, you were like, you were like, you just, you need to sound confident. Don't sound like you're not sure of what you're saying. Just sound confident. Yeah. So that was and Confidence is everything. If you think about it, it's not only part of the job. Mm-hmm. It's part of everything. Mm-hmm. Because we have over 60,000 thoughts a day, according to researchers, between 60,000 and 75,000 thoughts a day. But how sad is to think that 95% are the same as yesterday, and most of them are negative about us. That's why I really tell people confidence comes from believing in ourselves getting out of our own head mm-hmm. and being aware of what we are thinking, what we are feeling, what we are saying, what we are doing, etc. It's the beginning of it. So, yeah. And I'm sitting here and I'm sorry, I'm like, I don't know if I should say this because I don't know if this is going to be a compliment or a underhanded compliment or whatever, but you, I'm very, I, I'm sitting here thinking, wow, she learned English at 30 years old. You speak so well. Your Thank English you. is very, very good. And look, you, I mean, you you speak very fluently. Nothing you said. I mean, every, every once in a while you said a word that wasn't like fully, you know. Right. But you can, as an English-speaking listener, you can put it all together. And I've been thinking of like Sofia Vergara. She's very famous. She has, you know, an accent. an accent as well. She's also from Colombia. Uh-huh. Um, uh, you are certainly very brave and very emprendedora. I don't know uh-huh. how to say emprendedora. Emprendedora, that's fantastic. I think you are trying to say that you would like to do your podcasts in Spanish <laughs> very soon. And <laughs> uh, maybe this has inspired you. And I, I'm just kidding. But thank you. And... I didn't know I was able to do it in English until like 15 years after I have learned English. Mm-hmm. I rebuilt the confidence to do it mm-hmm. because I'm like, no, my accent, no, my words, no, this and that. And then one day I say, people are going to understand. It's good enough. And when I don't use it, my husband notices like, oh, you were with a lot of Spanish speakers. I don't understand you anything. He's from Boston. (laughs) But um, yeah, when we really want to do it, like Spanish is another one. Some people are all thinking, oh, I don't know. I know my English is not perfect, but thank you. I know people understand me. And when they know and I see that look, I repeat it and (laughs) I laugh at myself and I'm like... You didn't understand me, right? Let me try again. But thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very, um, I'm, I'm just in awe of you. I, I was able to keep both languages because I learned English and Spanish when I was under oh, eight so years you have old. Both. So that's why people go, oh, you, you don't speak, you don't have a heavy accent. Why, why don't you have a heavy accent? And I'm, and I, you know, I grew up in Puerto Rico. My English actually was my first language. I was born in California. People don't know this about me. And you don't have an accent in Spanish, probably. No. Well, I mean, Latin no. accent, Puerto Rican, no. not American accent. No, I dropped my Puerto Rican accent. So when I, when I came here and I started working for Telemundo, I spoke Spanish like a Puerto Rican, like with, you know, just the 
the lazy Puerto Rican uh-huh. Spanish that doesn't fully enunciate and everything. And there's a lot of uh, native modifications to Spanish. But when I was working here at Telemundo, I, I quickly learned that here in the United States, it is a hodgepodge. It's a melting pot of different cultures. There's people from Cuba, Mexico, Venezuela. And like you said, there's all these different little dialects. There's also all these different... Um, like the way that they speak there, it's a little sing-songy. Like Colombians mm-hmm. have a, a very interesting, cute little sing-songy when they speak in Spanish. Right. Uh, Mexicans also have a different kind of and of uh, song, so to speak. I hear it like a song in my in my my mind. And I learned to uh, make my Spanish neutral so that um, I wouldn't be judged. Yeah. So people wow. wouldn't tell where I'm from. And so if you're ch- if I'm speaking with Puerto Ricans or Cubans. Um, I can speak casual. I can, you know, kind of blend in, but in a, in a very general professional setting, my Spanish is very, um, like you can't tell like where I'm from. It's very neutral. Yeah. Yes. And, and that happens with us as professionals. When I'm doing the news, mm-hmm. hola, buenas tardes, les saluda Pilar Ortiz. People wouldn't know where I'm from. Correct. Pero si te hablo así como mi amiga, super colombiana, people Exacto. like, oh, Colombian. But right. yeah, I totally exactly. understand. I'm the same. I'm the same with Spanish. I can, I can do the Puerto Rican or I can do your professional. Uh, yeah. So in English, I can only do this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, and then when I came from Puerto Rico, um, I would listen to the radio, uh, nine, nine which was mostly talk radio and I would repeat what the announcers would say oh, that's smart. so that I would drop. Cause you know, growing up, even though I knew English in Puerto Rico, it's again, the exposure that you get that your ear, what your ear gets used to hearing and, and what your mouth gets used to saying is uh, a little bit different. And I knew I, I didn't want that to stop me. So I would just repeat what the announcers would say. And I've always watched TV with subtitles with closed captioning subtitles. I do the same thing. So that we can, and I still do it. I do. So I hear what they're, I hear the words and I read it at the same time and my brain goes, oh, that's how you say that word. Oh, that's how you say that word. Mm -hmm. Now to these days, I do the same thing. My husband already got used to the subtitles. My husband got used to it too. (laughs) I love it. It, Only when we go to the movies, it's like, okay, I'm okay without it. Yep, yep, absolutely. It's been such a pleasure and honor to have you. Uh, Like I said, when I came from from Puerto Rico, you were it. You were like, you know, Pilar Ortiz, you know, giving the news. You know, you're always, like you said, in in, in my grandma's living room with us. And and, uh, and, uh, so... In my mind, you're a big deal and you'll always be a big deal. And helping me and having um, access to be able to learn from you also is a big deal because you're a wonderful person. And um, I'm very grateful to have you in my circle of friends. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me here. And I appreciate your words. And now that you mentioned being very grateful for me, that's the source of of everything, being grateful for being here, being grateful for this beautiful moment mm-hmm. and for the life that we are here to live. So thank you very much. I enjoy myself. Thank you. Gracias. Make sure you hit subscribe so you can be notified of new episodes where we discuss business, marketing, and peek under the hood of successful companies to understand the leadership behind the organization and best practices for today's challenges. I'm your host, Nicole Alisea, founder and president of Brand Envy, an integrated global marketing communications firm based in sunny Tampa Bay. Learn more at createbrandenvy.com. 
Thanks for listening to Create Brand Envy. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Brand Envy is an integrated marketing and advertising agency that helps brands innovate while maintaining their focus and identity. To learn more or to get in touch with Nicole, visit createbrandnv.com. That's createbrand and the letters nv.com. We'll see you next time.